0: 51,000 plus
1: on their feet. Nobody's left to beat the traffic tonight, I guarantee you. Mark gets the sign. The wind and the pitch. Here it is. One Fly ball. Deep left center. Grips on the run. Yes! Yes!
0: Yes! Yes! They're giving you a championship. 25 lighters on my dresser. Yes, sir. You know I've got to get paid
1: center and the Braves have 25 lighters on my dresser, yes sir You know I got to get paid Swing and drive, not too right Welcome to the show! 25
0: lighters for my 25 folks Now get ready! This is the Platinum Sombrero Podcast with your hosts Dylan Short and Adam Doc Herbert. Bah, bah, bah. Welcome to an emergency podcast of the Platinum Sombrero, ladies and gentlemen, brought to you by Armchair Media and our friends at Bet Online. With the recent news and the recent signing of the Atlanta Braves, if you want to go on Bet Online and lay a ton of money down on the Braves now winning the World Series in 2021, you can do that. Go to Bet Online, they have live updating of their lines so you can find everything you need but grab that line on the Braves before they get it changed i'm sure right now is the best opportunity you will have for the Braves to return you some value on that world series victory that's coming in 2021 but whether it's if it's not baseball that you're into if you're wanting to go for college football or for NFL uh do you want if you love what the Hawks are doing you want to lay some money on them go to bet online they have all of it if you're a beginner they've got easier bets for that too they have simple win loss they have simple Prop bets for you. Whatever the case may be, if you're a beginner, if you're a, a, a nuanced gambler, Bet Online has you covered. Just go to Bet Online not, uh, right now. Use our promo code armchair for a nice little special surprise, and let us know how much you win. Doc? Yes. Uh, count this as one of the most surprising moves of the offseason. This is somebody that you and I talked about, but we both agreed. There was no way he was leaving that is Charlie Morton, who we were sure was going to stay in Tampa Bay on like a one-year, ten million-dollar deal. Alex Anthopoulos says, "Hey, not so fast, hey Tampa. You know that fifteen mil you didn't want to pay him? Don't worry, Charlie, I'll give you that fifteen mil." And Charlie Morton says, "You know what? I'll go back home to Atlanta. How are you feeling today?"
1: I love it. I just, I absolutely love this. You know, we we had talked about, you know, what do the Braves need to do. Going into this offseason, we said they need to get a veteran leader type and they need to get a close to the top of the rotation type. And I think that we both agreed that this was, if you want to consolidate and get both of those things in one guy, Charlie Morton is the guy. Very cool, full circle thing. Uh, Braves drafted him in 2002. He made his debut a couple years later. Pitched a year for the Braves before he got traded for Nate McClouth. And this is just, this is a great Move on all fronts. I'm trying to think of anything about this move that I don't like, and there's kind of nothing. So, good job, good job to the Braves. They have. uh, I texted you earlier that the Braves may have spent more than every other team combined. That is not entirely accurate if you count the the Gossman and uh, and Stroman QOs, but the Braves are doing doing what Alex Anthopoulos has kind of made it his custom. He is moving early in the offseason. He is moving quickly. He is getting his guys, and he's setting his own price. You know, he, he has been very adamant about just floating his number and saying, this is the top of the price range. If you are willing to go at that number or slightly below, we will certainly talk if you want to go above it. Best of luck to you. And he is probably making things kind of uncomfortable for some of the other teams that may not have nearly as much money to throw around as the Braves have.
0: You're right. We just talked about that before we went on, and I love that what you said about Charlie. This is actually what I just got done talking about on Locked on Braves. Charlie is that one kind of guy that we here have wanted for years. The Braves, since they've had all these young guys in the rotation, they've always wanted a veteran presence, a steadying presence for these guys to kind of lean on when they hit that kind of young player wall, when they get to those struggles that sometimes you just need a more experienced person to help you overcome. Charlie is certainly that. We've seen them try to do that with Cole Hamels, with Bartolo Cologne, R. A. Dickey. They've tried it with a number of guys throughout the past few seasons. But Morton gives you that added benefit of that's what the Braves have wanted. What we as fans have wanted is a guy that can pitch at the top of the rotation, not a guy that you can slot in at the five and say, hey, he'll give you more value off the field than on it. We wanted a guy that would give you more value on the field and still be a great presence for these young guys off of it. And the Braves... Finally do that with this signing. I know Charlie Morton's numbers were down during the regular season last year, but don't forget coming back from a shoulder injury there. Once he got to the postseason, that was kind of the question on everybody's lips. How was Charlie Morton going to perform in the postseason? And he looked back to his normal Charlie Morton self, was back to throw in 95 Um, curveball is still as good as ever. He wasn't going as deep this year. I don't know if that's more of a function of he's getting older. He's gonna he's thirty-six. I believe he's gonna be thirty-seven at some point during the season next year. Um but he doesn't have to be an eight-inning guy. He doesn't have to be that guy now. The Braves have enough horses in the bullpen to where if he if he's a six-inning guy now, that's perfectly fine. He doesn't have to be any more than that. But he's a perfect steadying force. He's a very consistent guy. When he's healthy, he makes all of his starts. Like He doesn't have many seasons. Like He, he had a real issue early in his career with being hurt. And that was one of the reasons why the Braves felt comfortable enough trading him to Pittsburgh for Nate McClouth and why Pittsburgh basically let him walk for nothing before Houston kind of reclaimed him and he was able to find his stride and able to harness his his pure arm talent with actual pitching ability. But since then, he's been a pretty consistent force as far as how many starts he's going to make. He throws a good number of innings. He's a very easy delivery. It all looks very simple. He's not a guy that has huge swings, and when he goes on dominant stretches, he's untouchable. And This is a guy the Braves now have, I firmly believe, two of the best curveballs in all of Major League Baseball in the same rotation between Max Freed and Charlie Morton. And I don't know how the rotation is going to shake out. It might end up being something like Freed, Soroka, Morton. It might be Morton, Freed, Soroka. It could be any combination of that top three. There's any number of ways they could could work this. But what it gives you is a really deep rotation. And it gives you a rotation that now you can put on par on paper with the rest of the NL East, which you and I have said for a number of years – easily the best pitching rotations in baseball in the NL East. Now you've got a rotation of your own that doesn't just make it, doesn't just make it a wash, but truly competes with those rotations.
1: So much got made about that reds brave series because of the, how good the Reds starting pitching was when you're looking at Bauer, Castillo and gray and even removing Bauer from, from that calculus, having Castillo and gray is still just an elite one too. And any combination, how you arrange this Brave's rotation, whether it's Freed Soroka, uh, or Soroka Freed, or Freed Morton, or Freed Anderson, or Anderson Soroka, or however, that one too can keep pace with anybody. And so when you're looking, you're talking about the depth and you're looking one through four, one through five at these guys, because you can't be positive what you're gonna get out of Drew Smiley. You saw some really good things from him. But one through four? I mean, this is that is a absolutely stacked rotation and you had mentioned on-field contributions versus off-field and how the Braves haven't really been able to kind of strike that balance of getting both you know you you we all know about Cole Hamels and then Brandon McCarthy the year before that who was high-priced addition who is apparently great for morale but he he was dealing with injuries and he wasn't able to contribute a lot the year that he was here but this year in the same way that Freed has talked about how Hamels was so influential and he learned so much from him, you know, that's lefty working with a lefty, somebody with a dominant changeup teaching somebody with a developing change-up. You know, and Morton's pitching from the right side, and his pitch is the curveball. So when I'm looking at guys like Kyle Wright, Bryce Wilson, Tukey Toussaint, Jacob Webb even, then... Mike I mean, Soroka, by yeah, the way. Let's- yeah, I mean, not, not to mention Mike Soroka. I mean, there are so many different guys that are on this team that are now going to be able to kind of latch on to Charlie in the same way that Max latched on to Cole. So if they can get, if they can strike that balance between on field and off field, that doesn't just benefit you in 2021. It benefits you beyond. So you posed the question last week or the week before, do you think the Braves offense will be better next year? Do you think the bullpen will be better and do you think the rotation will be better well offense still remains to be seen but as far as looking at that rotation goodness gracious even the best case scenario for 2020 doesn't look as good as the best case scenario for 2021 so really just love this move and 15 million dollars for a guy like Charlie pff, chump change worth every penny
0: you're paying him 3 million less than you paid Cole Hamels and Charlie Morton is a much better pitcher than Cole Hamels at this stage of their careers that's like even taking away uh, Cole's injury last year, and the fact that he only threw three innings, I mean Charlie's just a better pitcher at this point than Cole Hamill. So that is an amazing signing. And what what you mentioned a little bit about Alex setting his price, we were talking about that before the show. That is another big consideration here, as the Braves have gotten to set the market on these pitchers. Robbie Ray got eight million, which I thought was high for Robbie Ray, but then the Braves come in and give Smiley eleven, which is almost a quadruple pay bump from what he was making before. And then they come out and then they give Charlie Morton the same deal that Tampa Bay declined for him. That is that is the Braves saying, hey, uh, Philadelphia, hey, Washington, I know you guys have a lot of holes to fix as well. Well, have fun with that because now here's the going rate for pitchings, which I know is what you guys need most. This is an outstanding start to the Braves' offseason. Um, you mentioned the lineup there about how that still kind of remains to be seen. I think it's going to take, and Alex said this uh, intimated as much, where he said that uh, he was he was waiting on uh, making any position moves until they have some clarification on whether the in it, the DH is going to be in the NL in 2021 or not. Uh, you and I both agree baseball has to do that. But it does kind of give you a reason why some of these things could move slow. And if you're somebody that's worried about Marcelo Zuna, personally, I do think Ozuna will get a contract offer before we get any clarification on this? Because I think it's going to be a while before we get clarification on the DH. And Ozuna seems to be restless this offseason. But it's going to allow, if Alex is talking about he's not going to make those moves until the DH is announced, uh, we have already heard Nelson Cruz say he's not going to sign until he knows if the DH is going to be in the National League for 2021. Which means, even if you miss Ozuna, you get a bat who is just as good, maybe even deadlier, than Marcelo Ozuna in Nelson Cruz. And... You know how much I love Marcel, but Doc, you also know just how much I love Nelson Cruz.
1: Absolutely. And we, I think I might have made this point last week, so forgive me. We all wanted Josh Donaldson back last year. He was the perfect fit. He was the perfect bat. He was the perfect everything. And then Marcelo Zuna showed up and nobody said a word about Josh Donaldson all year long. And we all love Marcel because of the fit in the same way. I mean, we loved Marcel for the same reasons we love Josh. And there just needs to be a body. We It, it would be great if it was Marcelo Ozuna, but it, it could be any number of people. To me, whether it's Ozuna or Nelson Cruz or they they trade for somebody, then it looked like they had the money to spend even after 60 games with no fans. $72 million, I think, was the, the number that was coming off the books when you take into account Melanson, Hamels. Ozuna, Flowers, Marquez, and a couple other guys like, you know, Felix. We knew that they weren't going to spend $72 million, but it looks like now, if they're willing to spend $26 to shore up the rotation before anybody's spending anything, that they at least have the ability. In this game of chicken that we talked about last week, the Braves are done staring. They're like, yeah, you guys have fun trying to, uh, trying to over-negotiate so you can save yourself a million dollars on a contract. We're just going to sign the guys we want. Because that's what you're supposed to do. And maybe give them a little bit more money for signing early in the offseason. You can get them at a a desirable price point. And and you can still, whether it is a Chris Bryant who's going to make $20 million, or you decide to get get creative, there's still money to spend this team. I've said last week, this is not the move, this is a move. Now, I don't know if this is the move, but it's certainly more of a move than the smiley move was. So Alex Anthopoulos is not blind to this team's needs as well as I know them. And as well as you know them. And if you're listening to the show, you probably know them very well too. Alex knows them better than all of us. So that was as close as he's come to winning a world series of it being his own team ever. So, he's going to keep pushing i think and and who knows the 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 final version of this roster is going to look very different and we're still going to see some depth signings and we're, and we're going to see people freaking out about oh goodness they signed abraham almonte to be a triple a outfielder uh, i guess that means they're not bringing ozuna back we're going to see all kinds of stuff like that so go ahead and get get ready for it but i just i am so overjoyed right now about what this team has decided to do. And you too will be overjoyed if you go to Bet Online, which is the number one place to uh, wager on all kinds of sports related things. It's not just NFL and NBA, it's college and regional sports too. All the best lines for the upcoming virtual badminton tournament, as well as the best prop bets on the Whack Amole Nationals. Go to Bet Online and prepare to get paid. Use that promo code ARMCHAIR and you will receive some complimentary joy. We are also brought to you by the TPS Highway Safety Initiative, which urges you to buckle up so you don't get fed up. And also, after you go to bet online, or maybe while you're placing bets to get rich, cruise on over to Manscaped.com to address your general afro. You'll be very impressed by the volume of products Manscaped offers to keep your junk in check. They also have some crotch cologne for your man bits. The Crop Reviver and Crop Preserver are necessary additions to your collection. So go to Manscaped.com for <clears throat> a little Black Friday Cyber Monday promo. This time and use the promo code Armchair, you're going to get 25% off, as opposed to the usual 20% plus free shipping. Manscaped is pulling out all the stops this holiday season, and you can too. Once again, armchair 25% off and free shipping that is manscaped. Back to you, Dylan. Oh,
0: well, I appreciate you throwing back to me there a little bit. So, we've been talking about the rotation. There's no doubt this rotation, this might be the most stacked Braves rotation we've seen in a decade. This is this is legitimately the most talented I've ever seen a rotation of any consistency with the Braves. Maybe since the, you know, the late 90s early 2000s towards the back end of that big 3. Um, th- this is just incredible what we're seeing from them. Uh, you still have an elite bullpen. Even if you don't have Green and Melanson coming back in O'Day, you still have a really top-notch bullpen. Uh, the only thing that we're look- that we're looking at now is the lineup. And coming into this offseason, uh, I know I have said after the trade deadline that I was done uh, even thinking of names. Well, unfortunately, I have fallen back off of that wagon and I'm back to dreaming about players. And I'm back to making hopeful predictions, even if they're not real predictions, just, just guys that I would hope, and if I just throw it into the ether, maybe it can happen, and it, it gives me a momentary rush. But this kind of offseason, we were kind of expecting that the Braves were going to be cheap. That does not look to be the case at all. You don't spend $26 million on two rotation spots if you're planning on being cheap in the off season. So there's still a number of ways this offseason can go, and since we don't know how the rest of the league is going to kind of shell out contracts, right now it's basically just been the Braves and the Blue Jays that have made moves. So we don't really know how everybody else is going to react. One thing we do know is that the Braves basically they have any option open to them right now. There are multiple players to fit the holes that they have in the lineup and on the bench. They have multiple ways they could fill these needs and multiple money amounts that they could use to or that they could allocate to each player to kind of fill these needs. So I know everybody in Doc you and I talk about George Springer and how he's the perfect fit. We talk about Ozuna. We just talked about Nelson Cruz those three guys, those are all pretty easy guys to look at and circle on your free agency scorecard. Those are guys that everybody's going to be talking about as far as fit. Everybody's going to be talking about those. But those aren't the moves. Th- that move is, is let's be honest, that's the most paramount move. you got to get somebody behind Freddie. But... Those aren't the only moves that would take this team from being uh, an an NLCS competitor and almost winning to being a a championship favorite type of team. The the other things that are going to sell that move are going to be the kind of underlying moves. The ways you're able to generate more depth or lengthen your lineup cheaply, to where you can afford to shell out the big contracts for that big number three hitter or number four hitter or whatever, that guy that can play the outfield all the time. And, Doc, you and I have a couple players that we look at, and we see them as perfect fits for this team at kind of perfect price ranges with perfect type of roles. So I know my guy, and it's a guy that I've talked about before, but, Doc, you've got a guy that you've been crushing on for about three years, kind of Ryan Cothran-esque. Uh, I'm going to let <laughs> you have the floor here first and, and give out your... Your guy and and what you would like to see him go
1: for? Oh uh, yeah, so this this is the third straight off season that I have been uh, targeting Cole Calhoun. Cole Calhoun, when I first be, kind of became infatuated with him as a player, was when he was with the Angels. He's with the Diamondbacks now. Um, this move would work primarily if you if you add that big righty bat because Calhoun's a lefty and he's a big power guy. But he's not as much of a pure hitter. But he's somebody that would function perfectly as being your somewhere in the five or six range in your lineup. Uh, he could be. You would have to make the determination as to whether or not he or Ronald would go in and left or right. Um, Ronald possibly to go in left, just because there's less less room to cover uh, in right field. But Calhoun is. Usually in any good year he's going to be good for between two and three WAR. Last year in the in a fifty four game sample he was worth one point eight. So he really kind of unlocked something playing uh, playing in Arizona. Hit sixteen home runs in fifty four games. Hit two twenty six, which is not great, but his OBP was three thirty eight. His slugging was five twenty six. Graded up positively on defense. He even stole one base. So that's the guy for me that we can talk about getting a Jock Peterson to platoon with Adam Duvall, I don't even know if you would necessarily need a platoon for somebody that is like Cole Calhoun, because while he is not a great average guy, uh, either against lefties or righties, he's very consistent against both. I think last year against righties, he hit 229, and lefties, he hit 225. But based on the walks, you know, he's got a 12.3% walk rate. He strikes out the 22%, which is going to be for somebody that's going to hit a home run every three games. That's that's a very acceptable strikeout rate. So you could use Duvall. I mean, <clears throat> he's still not owed very much money, and he's got somebody that you could even turn. If you wanted to manipulate your bullpen, if you wanted to add like a high-octane bullpen arm, but you need to pull somebody off of the roster, it's going to be easy to look at somebody like Austin Riley, who is an imperfect player who's not making a lot of money but still has a really high ceiling. Duval is somebody that has a long enough track record and was good enough last year to where you can trade him and say, internally, we have somebody that can fill this role now, and we have a backup to fill this role as well, and we can use this player to, to better the rest of our team elsewhere. So for me, if you're able to get an Ozuna, a Cruz, a Bryant, a Springer, whoever it is, if you can get Calhoun as well, who's only make, uh, making $8 million next year, and then he's got a, an option for $9 million in 2022, to me, he's perfect. And then you've still got, in that lineup, what are you looking at from the top? You're looking at Acuna, Freddie, Ozuna Cruz, Bryant, whoever, Travis Darnot, Ozzy Albies, Cole Calhoun, Dansby Swanson, Austin Riley. That's, that's your top eight. I mean... That's just criminal. That's so good. That is such an unbelievable lineup. And then, you know, whether Pache makes the opening day lineup, I think he should. Then you're plugging him in at 9. I mean, just top to bottom, that is a, that is a devastating lineup for me. So Cole Calhoun is the player that I have chosen to illuminate this week, uh, whether it's next week or the week after that when we return for the next episode of TPS. I'm sure we'll have another one. But for this week's episode, who would you like to shine a light on?
0: I'm going to shine a light on a guy that I've talked about before. Uh, I believe I can't remember if I talked about it after last offseason. I believe I talked about him after the 2019 offseason. Uh, maybe even during like the trade deadline for 2019. Mark Canna for the Oakland A's. Now, he's going to be 32, so he's a little bit older. But you want to talk about a late bloomer. He's one of these guys that if you haven't really paid attention, and why would you pay much attention to Oakland? They're very far away from us. They're not like what you'd consider an exciting team. They're another one of those really small market, doesn't pay its guys, and is constantly in this – like, constant state of rebuild and retool. Uh, The fact that they've been this good for the last few years is really testament to how good Bob Melvin is as a manager and really how well they've been able to identify talent to fill roles. But Canna is a guy that I love. He's not going to make a ton of money. He's projected at, like, 6.8 through uh, through, uh, MLBTR. But I would, you know... Anywhere from 6.8 to 7.3, we'll say. That's probably going to be his price range. Oakland is looking to move him because they do not want to pay anybody. They do not have the money to pay anybody. Now that Billy Bean is out of Oakland, they have, they're have they in a little bit of flux in their upper offices now. So it's kind of hard to tell what they're going to do. Everybody's going to be like, okay, cool, try and go and pilfer Matt Chapman. Obviously, you can try, but that's a player that they're going to know they can get a lot of money for right, like basically right away. But a guy like Mark Canna can do so many things for you. And one of the the reasons why is he is an elite walk rate type of guy. Uh, Last season, I believe it was like 15.2. Season before in 2019, it was over 12. He just doesn't do anything to hurt you. He's not the most powerful guy in the world. 2019, he had 26 home runs, 26 or 27. Uh, But that, again... You're not signing him to be your cleanup guy. 26 in 2019, and what was by far his best year, had a 13.5 percent walk rate in 2019. 2018 had an 8.3, but he doesn't strike out a ton. He's been consistent. 22.2 uh, percent in 2020 with a 15.2 percent walk rate. He ended up hitting only 246, but had an OBP of 387 with a 408 slugging. Good for a 127 WRC plus. His uh, exit velocity was his highest that it's been in. Uh, The highest it's been since 2016, actually. Uh, He can play good defense. He can play all over the outfield. He's played center field before. He's played right field. He's played left field. I mean, he'd be at home in left field here. He's a guy that you don't have to really account for splits because he hits both arms pretty well, pretty evenly. He's actually better against righties than he is lefties throughout the course of his career, which is one of those ways you can kind of, if you don't have a ton of great left-handed options, which really you're talking about Jock Peterson and maybe Cole Calhoun and Michael Brantley. Those are your lefties that you would feel good about starting every day or paying money, uh, to Jock or Brantley. Those are kind of kinda it for the lefties. Well, Canna can hit right handed pitching better than he hits lefties. So in, in effect, he's almost like a de facto other lefty in your lineup, which is kind of the same way that you and I have talked about, um, uh, you know, like uh Nelson Cruz, kind of the same way. Jorge Soler, kind of the same way. These big power options that we've been talking about that would be pretty available via trade, they've been more reverse splits kind of oriented. But Canna's a guy you don't have to hide in the field. He's a guy that can be a full-time left fielder, which can push an Adam Duvall to the bench, or you could deal him if you're trying to get like your Cole Calhoun. That would free up Duvall to to kind of do whatever you want with, and it allows you to deepen your team. Canna is a guy that you can slot anywhere from 5th to 7th in your lineup, and he's going to be an outstanding type of guy in there and you get him out of Oakland, which is just a cavernous ballpark, I would imagine you'll see his power totals start to trend up once he leaves the AL West, as there's a few parks in the AL West that are not really conducive to home runs. Canna's a guy that I really, really like. He's going to be cheap. At that type of money, there's a big type of value that you will get in return for Mark Canna. He's the guy that I see as kind of a three-and-a-half type of war player, three to three-and-a-half. Uh, Worth 1.7 in 2024, F-War in 2019, 2.1 in 2018. He's that type of guy that he's not ever going to be the main piece on your team, but he can do everything you need him to, and he can fit a perfect role in this organization.
1: I agree. And and the steamer projections for next year have him slashing 247, 349, 441 uh, with 790 OPS, which is OK, but not great. But the, what that does is it takes into effect a couple years, 2016, 2017, when he was still kind of figuring out, figuring it out a little bit. Uh, it does have him projected for 24 home runs and, uh, driving in 83, which seems like a very difficult thing to actually project, but it's overall a two and a half season. And, and that usually those types of prog- uh, projections are a little bit on the conservative side. So if that is the Avenue that the Braves go, I mean, for the most part, they don't really go the trade route unless it is, unless it's mid season. And even when it's mid season, sometimes they don't even do it. So, uh, it, it's probably a long shot for either of these guys, but this is, we're getting close, man. We are a legitimate, even without Marcelo Ozuna, even with the improvements that, the, has, that have been made to the rotation, I still think that even if they don't get an Ozuna, I still think that this is very close to a World Series contending team as it stands now. So, this, is, this could be the time. This could be the time for Alex to get feeling a little froggy and do something about it.
0: Absolutely. I, I for one, can't wait to see what's next on the docket for the Braves. I'm really looking forward to seeing how they kind of finish out this offseason. Uh, I want to see what they're able to do, who they target, because there's just so much that they can do. I'm really, really excited. I don't think I can stress enough just how happy I am right now today. Uh, and, I, and, you know, it was going to be a good off season for me anyway. I saw the Braves win some some playoff series for the first time in what seemed like forever. So to to see them not rest on their laurels and to come out and come out swinging basically right away, this is just perfect for me. So uh, I know this is a shorter episode. This is more of just an emergency show. So uh, everybody out there, you can't can't say that we don't get any emergency stuff out there. So congratulations, Charlie Morton, for coming back to the Braves and and setting into our rotation very handily. Congratulations to Alex on getting – Two out of the three guys that he wanted in the starting rotation this offseason. Uh and, and really looking forward to covering the rest of this offseason. Doc, I know we're not going to do long here, so I'm going to go ahead and end it now. But to all of you out there, enjoy this week, enjoy Thanksgiving. Uh don't know when we'll be back next, but we will be back, whether it be next week or the week after. We'll see kind of how it goes. Or maybe it'll be two days from now. Who knows with this Atlanta Braves team? Uh, but as it is, we're going to go ahead and leave you there for the day. Y'all have a great day and a great holiday up there. We'll see you next time right here
1: on the Platinum Sombrero. <laughs> Okay, thanks. Bye.